Hi everyone, I'm Amanda Borshaldan and welcome to Times Will Tell, the weekly podcast from the Times of Israel. Late last week, I had a startling conversation with anti-Semitism scholar Adi Cantor from the Institute for National Security Studies in Tel Aviv. Adi is a research associate at the Europe Research Program and in the Institute's ongoing project, Contemporary Anti-Semitism in the United States. Adi offers a disturbing look at the trend of increasing anti-Semitism that is sweeping the globe from all political and societal echelons. It's an upsetting but important perspective to hear. Hi, Adi. Thank you for joining me. Where am I finding you today? At the moment, uh, from home, working from home, trying to analyze all the reports that I've been receiving from Europe and from the United States with regards uh, to what is happening with the anti-Israel and protests that have been uh, happening really across the world. So I've been uh, <laughs> engaged mainly on, on these issues in the past week. Yes. And where is home for you? Israel. I live in Israel, uh, very close to Tel Aviv. Now, you are a young scholar. And first of all, I just want to ask you, how did you get into the topic of anti-Semitism? The research of anti-Semitism has actually escorted me uh, since, uh, for, really, for many, many years. I, I, I am a researcher of, of, uh, of Germany. I, I lived in Germany many years. Uh, I, I worked in Yad Vashem many years also. So the issue of anti-Semitism and it, with regards to German history and Holocaust studies and post, uh, post-Holocaust uh, memory and collective memory, that these have been the issues that I've been dealing with, that I've been working with as a researcher in the past years. I lived in Germany for seven years uh, covering memory and uh, with regards to Holocaust uh, in the German society. So this has mainly been uh, the realm that I've been uh, focusing on. Uh, in the Institute for National Security Studies, I'm covering Germany and, and, and actually it's part of the the program, the, the Europe Research Program of the Institute for National Security Studies, and, and I'm focusing there on the German-speaking German countries, uh, with focus, of course, on Germany, uh, and on right-wing extremism, anti-Semitism, populism, the, the, phenomenon, the phenomena that we've been witnessing in the past years. Um, at the same time, I'm also writing my PhD at the Haifa University on, on the role of the Holocaust and the role of the crimes of the National Socialist regime uh, among uh, the non-Jewish grandchildren generation growing up in Germany today. So um, what role does the Holocaust play in their lives today? How is memory being transmitted from generation to generation? What is being discussed in the family? What is uh, not being discussed? This is also an interesting question to tackle. So that's this is my PhD, mainly the focus is on Germany, uh, right-wing extremism, anti-Semitism. That's what I've been doing in, in the past years. And you're also part of a group that's looking at the rise of U.S. anti-Semitism. That's correct. For about a year, uh, we, we've been, um, my, my colleagues and I in the research team, have been observing, we've been observing on what is really happening in the U.S. today concerning the rise of, of contemporary anti-Semitism. Uh, when I say contemporary anti-Semitism, this, uh, uh, we're really looking at uh, a very broad spectrum of phenomena. We're looking from, uh, at it from the right, from the right, uh, from the far right, uh, 
attacks coming from the right and also from the left, uh, radical left, um, Islamic, uh, jihad, you know, the uh, Islamic jihad attacks. So this is really a very, very broad spectrum. Um, it's not an easy, an easy task because uh, things are all the time ha changing and we all the time need to also be very updated and especially in, with relations to what we're about to, to talk about uh, with regards to um, Operation Guardian of the Walls, the, the, how this influences the American society, the Jewish American society, Jewish communities in the U.S., how do they react to what is happening? We, we saw in the U.S. in the past years, uh, let's say in the past four years during also the Trump administration, a very um, alarming rise uh, in anti-Semitic attacks. This needs to be explained. We need to find uh, explanations to what has been going on. Jews have been attacked for the sole fact that they are Jews, American citizens on American soil. This has been happening in Europe also. We see the same tendencies happening in Europe. We're try I am trying to, with having both these hats, uh, being a researcher of Germany, but also looking at what's happening in the U.S. right now, trying to explain it from both sides of the globe. Because the, the, the tendencies are similar, but yet there are differences. Germany has its own his history, its own historical background, a very painful past that it needs to deal with. The same goes for France uh, or, or Eastern Europe, tendent phenomena that we see in Eastern Europe now with regards to um, historical revisionism, rewriting of the past. This is Europe. It's happening also in the U.S. Uh, it's happening all in, in the campuses across the U.S. So that's what um, there's a lot of work. This I can say uh, we have a lot of work ahead of us in a nutshell. Anti-Semitism has always been around ever since there have been Jews, but I always wonder what causes the fluctuations, the rises and the, the ebbs and flows, as it were. If you think of it as a graph, there's always the peaks and the valleys, the peaks and the valleys. And it appears that there's a huge correlation between what happens in Israel to what happens in the greater world in terms of rises, surges of anti-Semitism. First of all, I, I, a very important point that I'd like to begin with is, first of all, to create a very clear distinction between the ethnic conflict that is happening here between Israel and, and the pa pa Israelis and Palestinians, Israel and Gaza. This is not a new thing that has been going on for quite a while. It's an ethnic conflict to make a very clear distinction between what is happening here in the region, in the Middle East, and to anti-Semitic attacks very clear anti-Semitic attacks that are uh, pointed against Jews for the sole fact that they are Jews. I want to make a very clear difference, uh, a, a distinction between the two, because I fear that there might be a mix-up here uh, when people think that um, uh, anti-Semitism is some kind of uh, reaction or an, a, a, an effect of what is happening in the Middle East. This is, of course, wrong. Anti-Semitism is a phenomenon, it's a pandemic, it's a real pandemic that has existed uh, in human society for, for centuries and for thousands of years. This has begun a lot before the establishment of the State of Israel in 1948 and a lot before the, the conflict between Israelis and Palestinians had begun. So we need to put this in context. This did not begin here. Anti-Semitism, uh, uh, we know we know what happened across, the especially the 20th century, uh, in Europe, in Germany, uh, um, six million Jews, men, women, and children, 
were murdered because of anti-Semitism, because of the fact that the, the, the sole fact that they were born Jews was already a crime. To think that the fact that the Holocaust ended and the war ended in 1945, this ended also anti-Semitism, this is of course wrong. Anti-Semitism continued also after the war, both in Europe and also beyond. Also in the U.S., we will we will come to to discuss the the situation in the U.S. in a moment. But it's very important for me to make this distinction: anti-Semitism, pure Jewish hatred, has nothing to do with what Israel uh, with with the Israeli policy, or what the government of Israel decides or doesn't decide to do tomorrow morning. Pure hatred against Jews uh, um, has deeper roots. And what is happening in the region in the Middle East. And this is exactly what needs to be examined and very closely examined because human beings, people are murdered because of this, because of soul hatred. Uh, a rabbi that in Essex, uh, you know, steps into his car is, and is being pulled out aggressively by uh, a group of very, very violent men because he's Jewish, because he's Jewish. He He's an he's Orthodox Jew. He was. It was very clear to know that he's a Jew. Uh, he's also a British citizen. This is very important to remember. Um, but at that moment, he is Jewish, and for the person who cannot stand the fact that there is a Jew in front of him, and master, this has nothing to do with the conflict in the Middle East. These Does it two- not? It seems like every time there's a conflict in the Middle East, the anti-Semitism just gets rocket fueled and goes into. Okay. I need to explain this. I need to explain this. This, Look at it as a volcano. Um, There's a lava all the time underneath this volcano that is waiting to erupt. The lava was always there. It was always there and it will always be there. Under the right certain conditions, okay, this volcano will erupt. What are the conditions? For example, tensions between Israelis and Palestinians, military operations such as what we experienced, what we experienced last in the, in the past two weeks. These are it's like a match. It's like a match that causes the fire. But the but 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 the ingredients or the the conditions were already there prior to the operation, prior to the tensions between Arabs and Jews in in the Middle East. History has proven this. History, when we just look at history and look, you know, the course of history, programs against Jews, uh, this is not a new phenomenon. Uh, 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 nevertheless, it has in recent years um, uh, new manifestations. It always evolves. So the phenomenon, the phenomenon is the same phenomenon, but it has different expressions and different manifestations. And this needs to be studied because we, for example, we really see how this is not really a political it's not a political question. Anti-Semitism, we see it everywhere. We really see it in, in, in parliaments today, across Europe. We saw it in the U.S. Just, I'm just bringing, taking you back just a few months ago to January, the, cap, the riots in Capitol Hill. What were they chanting there? Um, the the you know there was a, there were there were uh, demonstrators demonstrators walking with shirts with Auschwitz concentration camp death and co- concentration uh, camp on it so uh, this is this is really uh, um, I think in the past years it has become more and more radicalized more and more extremes extreme political leaders 
um, have been using anti-Semitism and anti-Semitic uh, expressions as political tools for, for political gains. So we also see the politicization of anti-Semitism. It's not a matter of right or left anymore. It's really the ones uh, who hold liberal thinking, who believe in democracy and the rule of law and quality under law and, and, and especially security for, for minorities and on the one hand and those who believe exactly on the opposite. Uh, illiberal thinking, very nationalistic. You, this is the big war now. It's not a matter of right and left. If we if we reduce it to only right or left, then we I think we miss the point. It's a lot deeper than that. Uh, it's when it comes, you know, as a researcher of anti-Semitism, I really see how the the ends meet when it comes to Jewish Jew hatred. Uh, sometimes they even collaborate. You know, this is unthinkable. How would far-right extremists collaborate with the far-left or, or radical? They meet when it comes to hatred against Jews. And this is what we see across the, gro the globe. You know, I just, you know, I'm, uh, London, Amsterdam, Berlin, Frankfurt, Bonn, also in the US, LA, New York, Miami. I mean, wherever we look, uh, we see this hatred, unfortunately. Okay, in the United States, a lot of the U.S. Jews have expressed support for other movements, such as the Black Lives Matter or for the BDS uh, support for a Palestinian state. And many Jews have talked about feeling betrayed by their fellow progressives right now in that because of the conditions that were laid out and with the striking of the match in the Operation Guardian of the Walls, they were attacked themselves for being Jewish or even pro-Israel. How do you see this betrayal playing out yourself? We see a tendency, especially now, after the ceasefire, we see a tendency in the Democratic Party in the US in which very radical progressive voices are becoming more and more mainstream in the Democratic Party, a lot more, I mean, anti-Israel positions have gained a lot more, they have a lot more room now in the Democratic Party. And this is, I think, very alarming. This is new. This is new. Uh, um, I think the pressure, the pressure on, also on the president, uh, has become a lot more present. You really see that the anti-Israel, anti-Zionistic positions have managed to find room in the main, I would say uh, it was the, there all the time, but in the mainstream of the party really is becoming more and more with presence. So I think it's for, for Israel, first of all, for Jewish communities or for Jew, for Jewish Americans in the party, Jewish Democrats. Um, this is another front. This is now another front that they need to, that they need to deal with. And this has implications, of course, on the relations between the U.S. and Israel, uh, between Israel and Jewish communities, between Israel and the U.S. Uh, I mean, we really, that's, I, I think I began our talk with this. We really are witnessing something new here. We are very close to the event, so we, we do need the time and the distance to really grasp what is happening. But uh, we are identifying also what is happening in the Democratic Party. These extreme voices, these very anti-Israel positions are, are more and more present or heard, yeah, a lot more and re receive a lot more attention uh, today. Time will tell. We will see also how this evolves and, and which directions this is leading to. Uh, I think this is definitely very, very disturbing. 
If we look at the United States specifically, as you said, we're still very close to the events of Operation Guardian of the Walls. But what in the last, uh, I left the United States over 20 years ago, and I, it was nowhere near as anti-Semitic as what we're feeling today. So what has changed in the past two decades to allow for this overt expression of anti-Semitism? If we really take a look at the, and what has been happening in the U.S. in the last uh, uh, in the last four years, we've been witnessing a very alarming rise of populism and right wing extremism and white supremacy across across uh, across the U.S. and uh, just Pittsburgh, right? The the attacks uh, against Jews in the the synagogue. I mean, something has happened also from the right, from the far right. This was an, really alarming so much for, for, for Jewish Americans that have never in their wildest dreams imagined that they will be attacked in their, in their city, in their synagogue. And this has happened. Aggressive attacks are coming mainly from the right. It's very important to say. But when we look in campuses, for example, this anti-Israel, anti-Zionist um, discourse is very, very present in the, in the universities. So... Again, it's very important for me to make this distinction between what is happening here in the region and what is happening in the campuses. When we look at the IRA definition, it's, it says very clearly, the minute Jews or Israelis are being deprived of their natural right for a homeland, this is anti-Semitism. So anti-Zionism and anti-Israel protests, when they are calling for, for calling Israel, for example, an apartheid state, or Israel as a state of terror, uh, that have, and Jews do not have the right to exist in this country, this is pure anti-Semitism. Again, it's very hard for me to hear, uh, to hear it in, in the framing of anti-Israel or anti-Zionism, because this is pure anti-Semitism. Hi, it's Sarah Tuttle-Singer from the Times of Israel. Come join our community and support fast and fair independent journalism. You can sign up with the link at the bottom of every single article on the site. Turning to Europe, in the past uh, several weeks, there have been several expressions of support from the leadership, mostly from Central European countries, it, it appears. Explain how this filters down to the street if it does at all, in terms of the grassroots citizenry. We had three foreign ministers who came and expressed support to Israel specifically. There were flags being flown in Prague, things of this nature. But does this actually affect the grassroots citizenry of these countries? Very good question. Uh, um, uh, okay, so we, we, we did see, especially last week, for example, Austria or the, the Austrian parliament in Vienna, um, um, hanging the flag, the Israeli flag. We saw it also, by the way, in the Czech Republic. Uh, uh, um, so there are, they are, there are countries, European member states, who fully uh, understood the rights of the right of Israel, basic right of Israel to protect its citizens during the operation. There were thousands of rockets uh, pointed at civilian Israeli civilians. So they understood it, and they took this. Um, they made a, a decision to 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 hang this flag. I think it's a very um, just looking. Looking at it as an Israeli researcher, uh, a very positive act of uh, solidarity uh, in, in times of crisis between Israel and European countries. So you're asking me how much does, for example, the Austrian citizen believe in this? It's a very good question. I would say it in the following way. I detect 
and not just me, it's also my colleagues, my fellow colleagues, we detect a gap, a disturbing gap between the level of, uh, uh, I would say, government in, uh, around Europe, uh, European governments, the Austrian government or the German government, between, between the government level and the citizens level. So what is happening on the ground? Just when we look at surveys, the surveys tell us what is happening. We have definitely seen a rise of anti-Semitism in recent years in Europe, especially as, as I, I'm repeating myself, coming from the right, coming from the far right, attacks, at anti-Semitic attacks, Halle, the attack in Halle in, in, the, in the synagogue during Yom, Yom Kippur uh, um, in 2019. And so on the one hand, you see, you, you hear leaders, you hear uh, politicians, you hear, uh, you hear them coming, of course, uh, stepping out against, against what is happening, uh, saying, of course, that our country, Germany, Austria, needs to fight against anti-Semitism, um, you know, in all, in all the tools we have. But when we look, when we look at the surveys and we really ask ourselves, what do citizens, what do children or, you know, young adults in Austria, in Germany, and I, I really focus on these countries, it's easier for me to talk about them because this is my research. What do they know about anti-Semitism? Do they really know what it is? Uh, what do they know about their fellow Jewish neighbors living next to them? What do they know about Judaism? Uh, is all they know about Jews is what, uh, what happened to them 80 years ago? Or they are, are they interested at all in what is happening today in their lives, about in Jewish communities in Germany, in France? This is where I detect the gap. And again, referring to European very special history uh, uh, with, the, of course, the history of World War II and, and Holocaust and the murder of six million Jews, this is a scandal. This is a scandal that is happening today in Germany. Even the fact that we are discussing, you and I, about anti-Semitic attacks that are happening on, in German cities today, after 1945, after the Holocaust, it's a scandal. The fact that we even have to talk about it. The same goes for, for you asked me about Austria, Austria, the same goes for Austria, the same goes for Poland, the same goes for the Ukraine. The same, what we've been seeing in the recent years is a very big increase, rise in, in attacks against Jews. Also online, I didn't refer yet to the, the, what we've been witnessing online and social media, this anti-Semitic horrible content that is being spread as we speak. Uh, 7,000, how many? 7,000 tweets, uh, only tweets with the slogan, Hitler was right. Hitler was right, yeah? Um, since the operation began here. This is, this is what's happening in social media today. So again, this is, there's the level of, of, of uh, parliaments and what is being discussed there or declared and going against anti-Semitism and what is happening in the streets. Jews today in Vienna, Viennese Jews, Austrian Jews, German Jews, French Jews, fear more and more to step outside their houses with Jewish, um, um, if, they, if they wear any, you know, a Magen David or a Kippah, or if they're Orthodox Jews, it's even more frightening for them because they're immediately identified as Jews. Uh, um, I do not, I don't think the, de the declarations do not help at the moment. I mean, it's, the intention is good, of course, but when it comes to real acts on the ground, how is it being, how, for example, when, you, when we look in the education, edu educational sphere, do young adults learn about anti-Semitism in schools today in Germany? What do they know about what 
happened to Jews during the war, to German Jews? Um, are they going to Poland? Is there any interest? What do teachers know about anti-Semitism? These are very, very important questions to be asked, especially now. This is really a problem that is happening. People, uh, Jews are murdered because of this. It starts from education. It starts from what is, how, how does the curricula look like? What are the subjects that are being taught in the school? There are, of course, some very important initiations that are coming from the educational ministry in Austria. We, we see it also, also in, uh, from Germany, but there is still very much uh, work to be done, especially when we remember that this is a migrant society. Germany today is a very diverse society. Uh, they have, uh, you really see, uh, the, uh, it's a migrant society. You know, people came, of course, when we see, of course, 2014, the, uh, the migration wave that arrived to Europe, million refugees coming from Syria to Germany. This changes the discourse, of course. They enter the classrooms with their own perception on Jews, with their own perception on Israel, and this needs to be handled with um, uh, they come with this perception and also Germans who were born in Germany have their perceptions. This is not, and again, anti-Semitism is not something that is imported into Germany. It was in Germany a lot before the migration wave of 2015. So thank you very much for the question. I really, I really, I think it's a very good question that we, we first of all, to understand that there is a gap between the official statements and declarations and what is happening in school, what is happening on the street, what is happening in the Jewish community itself, listen to what German Jews are saying, what Austrian Jews are saying, French Jews. They're afraid of tomorrow. They really are. And it's a scandal that we have to talk about it after after the Holocaust. But this is this is the reality right now in Europe. And I would add to that American Jews at this point and pretty much Jews throughout the world, uh, aside from in Israel. Okay, a final question. We've been talking about and dissecting the the severity of the problem, which you are very convincingly arguing is worse than it's been for a long, long time, if not decades. I wonder, aside from education and aside from platitudes from the leadership of different countries, if there's anything that Jews themselves can be doing to help calm the situation for for everyone essentially in the world today. Mm. Mm. Um, interesting. I, I'm thinking. I'm thinking about it as you speak. Um, maybe the first thing I'd say about this is an anti-Semitism is not a Jewish problem. Anti-Semitism is a problem of human society, of of democratic societies today, of societies who want to stay democratic. This is a problem of the general society and it's not i don't think it should be looked at as a jewish problem or something that jews need to do or not do in order to calm it down what needs to be done i think the idea is to really come together jews and non-jews and as one uh, jewish minorities as well as muslim minorities by the way to tackle this problem together and fight against fight against the anti-semites it's not just about protecting the community it's about going out and, and fighting the anti-Semites wherever they are. It's not just a Jewish goal. It should be a goal of all minorities and of really democratic uh, citizens who are interested in equality, in, the, in the equal, equality under law, in peace, in everything that, dem that democracy stands for. And it needs to be fought together 
I think if, if Jewish minorities or Jewish communities fight this alone, they don't have a chance. This is a far deeper problem. And because of it, uh, that it is so deep and will affect everyone in the end, it needs to be, uh, it needs to be fought against also in a, as a, I would say as a collaborated act or, or joint act of many groups together. That's the only, that's the only chance we have. I fully understand and appreciate that anti-Semitism is not the Jewish problem, but perhaps it's my Israeli mindset. I don't want to be the one sitting back and not doing anything. And I think yes. many Jews share this frustration across the world. So yes, mm-hmm. teaming up is obviously a wonderful utopian uh, thing to do. But I just, I just wonder, what can we give the Jew who's being attacked in the street? What can we give him in terms of a weaponizing of his own position? I think a very important first step would be, first of all, to strengthen our relations with the Jewish communities, uh, to show them how solidaric we are, to show them how supportive we are, to help protect them, even though it really is the task of the state. Because these are, first of all, German Jews or Austrian Jews, French Jews, American Jews. And for Jews or with their relations for Israel, to Israel, I think it's very important to show the solidarity, to strengthen. We didn't, I don't think we did this enough in, in recent years. I don't think we did this enough to strengthen our relations with the Jewish world, with the Jewish American communities, with European communities, to acknowledge the fact that there are Jews living in Berlin, in Madrid, in Rome, uh, uh, and to strengthen, I think, these relations will be an important first step. It's not the only step that needs to be taken. But when, Jew, when German Jews, when French Jews, when Italian Jews feel that there are Jews in Israel who look at them and, and see them really and see the challenges with which they have to deal with every day they step outside their door, um, their door and, and to put a mezuzah or not. But when they know that Jews in Israel and Israelis are, are sympathetic with them and are strengthening and backing them up, I think, I think this gives a lot. It's not enough, but it's a, it's a very important step and it needs to be very, very strengthened. We, we have a lot of work in this field yet to be done. Many questions, many things to consider. I really appreciate your time and your expertise. Thank you so much. I thank you very much. I will end with one last sentence that I think um, concludes it all. You know, evil prevails when good people do nothing. These are also the bystanders looking at the protests and, you know, filming it with their phones. And instead of, you know, helping the one that is attacked, I think uh, bystanders have a role in what we are witnessing right now. Um, So I'll end with this. Thank you so much, Amanda. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to Times Will Tell and a special thanks to TLV1 Studios for sound production help. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to Times Will Tell on all podcast platforms. (laughs) 